You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Following the announcement of the 14-day Level 4 lockdown, and who knows whether or not that'll be extended after day 14, then countless families continue to experience extreme financial situations that they could never have foreseen. And this past year will likely change the way we view financial planning forever. And with this pain, certainly comes opportunity. When the global economy begins to recover and uh, the economic future begins to look a little brighter, we'll be far more inclined to relook our financial planning and create backup plans should anything similar occur in the future. Uh, hard to see this now, but now is when uh, that sort of mindset will certainly pay off in future. And to talk about this, I'm joined by Pierre Muller, advisory partner at Citadel. Pierre, welcome to the show. And I think a difficult conversation to have right now with so many people being laid off or scratching to make ends meet. How does one even begin having a conversation about putting some extra money away for a rainy day? Hello, Michael. Um, yes, I agree. I mean, it's, it's really such a tough time to have a conversation like this. You know, hindsight is bliss. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to look in the rear view mirror and say, you know, I should have made more provision. You know, I, I should have had more emergency funds. But here we are. You know, it's been a tough time. You know, no one could really foresee it. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, struggled, are struggling. Uh, individuals who lost their jobs. So it's really a tough time. You know, and I think the, the best thing that I can say is, you know, if, if, if you think about a map, if we're tra- traveling somewhere, and if we don't know where we are on the map today, we really cannot chart the best path for our destination. And the same goes with our financial planning. So, you know, I've said to so many clients over the years who were in tough situations, but once they face the true reality of where they are now and they sort of drafted a step-by-step plan to improve their financial position and, and, and to reach their goals. You know, it's always so encouraging to see that relief on their faces you know, because previously, previously we have all of these concerns running through our minds, but once we get it out and we just get it on paper and we mm. have a concrete step-by-step plan, you know, the anxiety is replaced by confidence and peace. So I think it's really just owning up to where we are now. It doesn't matter how bad it looks, and just getting that concrete step-by-step plan in place. And I think now is a great time to to write something down because everyone uh, uh, is battling to some extent in in this economic climate. So there's certainly no shame with owning up to the fact that uh, your finances may not be sitting as pretty as you had uh, hoped. And they often say that long-term thinking and planning enhances short-term decision-making. So with that in mind, what are some of the easier short-term decisions that we can start to make now once we've written down that plan that start building into these habits that lay the foundation for financial security into the future oh thanks for that michael so it really depends on, on on where someone is today but i would say step one is probably just to take stock so firstly to acknowledge where we are today in terms of our cash flow in terms of our assets liabilities our income and expenses so firstly just to take stock again we, we, we cannot chart this path if we don't know where we are going and now i would really recommend to sit with a registered financial advisor who can think about the different aspects of our lives because we, we we often don't do that you know we we tend to have a, a bit of you know tunnel vision in in one area or the other so i would say it's important to sit down with an advisor and really draft priorities you know for some person it can be just let me just recover my emergency fund you know i, I didn't have one you know, I, I've, I went into debt over the last couple of months of the last year. And maybe step number one for them is just to get out of that debt burden and just to create a plan around that. For someone else, it might be really starting to build their retirement investing plan to determine what type of amount can they invest monthly, what type of solutions will be suitable for them. And for someone else, it might be focused more on risk planning, you know, for a younger provider of a family. 
it might be more important to secure their their future salaries. So that will typically be things like your disability covers and your life covers and, and things like that. So I think really, it really depends on the type of person, whether it's a salaried person or entrepreneur. But I would say start with the basics, sit with a financial advisor, look at these different areas and, and, and start prioritizing what would be important for those first, second and third steps. Absolutely. And for, for me, my light bulb moment really started, thankfully, fairly early on in my kind of salaried employment when I uh, familiarized myself with the ins and outs of a budget. And the quote that was told to me at the time by my financial planner was that a budget is telling your money where to go instead of sitting around wondering where it went. And that sort of stuck with me throughout my life is uh, having a far more focused and controlled dashboard view, so to speak, of exactly what's coming in, what's going out and, and really what you're spending on. That's a great point, Michael. And I mean, something like a budget is so cliched, you know, it felt like it feels like, you know, can't there be more more sexy financial advice out there? But it's so important because it's it's facing up to where we are now. You know, I think you if you ask the average person who, who don't follow a, a monthly budget, you know, how much do you spend on groceries uh, or fuel or entertainment? The number is usually very different from the actual number. And it's incredible. I mean, I remember uh, there, there, there was a time in my life where, when I didn't do this exercise and there was a time when I really sat down. Um, and just had a look at my actual expenses. I mean, you get you get very nice tools these days, you know, that pulls in all your uh, transactions. It makes it a little bit easier. You don't have to keep every little slippy kind of thing. But um, I remember it was eye-opening for me the first time I did this, and I, I, I was not spending what I thought I was. But the moment you do that, as you say, now you can make good decisions, and now you can start channeling your money towards it, where, where it will work for you, and then put those habits and disciplines in place. And if I, if I want to save towards retirement, you know, I have to have a debit order that comes off the moment my salary comes in. You know, if I wait for the end of the month and I wait to see how much is left, there's never enough left for these type of things. So it's really, as you say, it, it drives our behavior and it drives our decisions. And it really is paying yourself, you know, and, and, and building your own future uh, proactively. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned sexier terms for financial planning jargon, and often it is jargon. And having uh, covered financial markets for almost two decades now, I, I do think it's one problem within the industry is that uh, some of the language doesn't really capture the imagination. And, and I think of retirement as one of those issues. And it's got to be mm-hmm. the, the, the biggest challenge in, in South Africa at the moment. The fact that if you look at the Alex Forbes survey, the Sunlum numbers, they all say 6% of us are going to retire with whatever we deem to be enough to live out our golden years. Yet we're not seeing an improvement in that number. And I I, I believe that the biggest mistake that we're making when it comes to retirement is that we're just not planning for it. Uh, We're just taking the same route as Alice in the story from Alice in Wonderland. And you've got the treasure cat saying, well, surely she'll get somewhere as long as she just walks uh, long enough, but it may not be exactly where you wanted to get to, but you'll certainly get somewhere. And that's the problem. We're not getting where we want to go when it comes to our retirement time and planning how can we change yeah. that that's a great point michael i mean we're seeing the we're seeing the information coming through and uh, at the back end of that um we our, our life expectancy is increasing i mean we've seen that you know due to medicine improving uh, we need to start planning for a hundred year lifetime you know it's incredible to think about that the thinking around retirement is also changing i think we're historically you know the idea is you start your career you know you build your family at, at age 65 you retire and you know you're sort of lucky if you reach you know the age of 80 i think the mindset is changing where if you if we need to start planning for a 100 year life it means we'll have you know more than one uh, career or multiple careers it will mean we will work longer 
we will have a longer time in retirement. But I think back to your point, just in terms of the next steps, you know, I know what really encouraged me because I, I think when it comes to investments and retirement, it sometimes feels like a grudge for, 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 for clients. You know, if you talk yeah. about this massive, this massive amount of money that needs to go off my account uh, every month, that, that, that's a bit depressing. But I think rather to think of, you know, what can I build for my future? What do I want to build for my future? And I think it's it's so powerful. Again, one of those age-old concepts of compound interest. I think the moment you sit down with the advisor, it can just really show you the power of compounding over time. That's when it becomes very exciting. That's when it moves from it's this grudge purchase almost every month to this incredible power that I'm unlocking with compound interest and it can build something incredible for my future. That doesn't mean I need to retire and, and, and watch sports or play golf all day long, but I it can unlock my passions, whether I want to go into a different industry, whether I want to spend my time on philanthropy, whether I want to open a business. It's 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 what what are your goals and how can it take a step every month mm. to reach that goal with the help of a of a fixed plan. I, I like that approach. It's just about reframing it to, to talk about building for the future rather than retirement uh, or, or to put it a different yeah. way, to look at your legacy, for example. What do you want that legacy to be? And that, as you say, unlocks the motivation that we are going to need if we have to uh, build out the discipline that financial planning requires. Because make no mistake, financial planning, financial security is all about discipline, about setting up those those daily behaviors and habits that underpin our success. Yeah, absolutely. In the broader scheme of uh, financial planning, are you seeing a generational gap? Are you seeing a difference here between, say, the way my father would approach things? Uh, he would really not talk about money at all over the dinner table. Uh, I come from a generation where I think we're a little bit more comfortable talking about it. Uh, there's a, a, a millennial, zillennial generation beneath me that are all about empowering themselves and, and retail investing. Uh, but I think that also comes with its own risks, uh, lots of concentration risk, uh, kids taking positions of 80, 90% of their, their money in Bitcoin or Dogecoin, for example. How are you seeing the generation yeah. shift? Yeah, it's such a great point. There's a massive shift. I mean, as I mentioned, uh, traditional finance will teach you, you know, you save in your retirement annuity or in your pension fund, you know, you've, you've got your typical allocation to your traded shares and so on. And, you know, you need to put away so much to, to get to retirement. But, yeah, the industry is, is changing fast. I mean, information is, is, is naturally out there. Information is very fast. I mean, you see um, you see these trading courses, you know, for trader in pajamas. So, you know, especially in lockdown, people were sitting at home. They might have some surplus cash and, and everyone is a, is a, is a share trader now, you know, so it's really this trader in pajamas, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but I think one, one thing that I do want to flag, as you say, I think, um, which probably worth mentioning is there's, there's currently sort of this, you only live once trend, um, especially uh, amongst younger investors. And the idea is, is sort of, you know, you, you only live once. So you might as well bet everything you have on this one idea. And that might mean putting you put all your financial capital into one idea or investment. It might mean using very high leverage on investments or maybe embarking on high risk investments, which holds the promise of faster wealth building compared to these older traditional investments. You know, if you, if you talk about traditional investments and you talk about equities and annual growth of 10, 13 percent, 
you know, you, you obviously get a lot of the, the young investors who look at this and they might look at a GameStop or, you know, they might look at the cryptos, as you mentioned, and, and they hear the great stories of doubling your money, you know, in a couple of months. And that obviously that sounds much more exciting than sort of building 10, 13% and compounding over time. But obviously with those things, there comes uh, a massive amount of risk. So I think the message that I just want to put out there is I think while it makes sense to concentrate your energy and your time to build your wealth, absolutely. Placing exceptionally high financial exposure on one idea can really lead to financial ruin. And, and, and what you basically want to avoid is having to reset sort of halfway through life. You've just sort of started to build up your, your wealth. You make this massive punt. It goes wrong, and you really have to reset and start building from scratch. So again, one of the diversification is one of those cliched words, but it's so important just to don't put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, if we all had the ability to pick the perfect basket, you know, then it would make sense. No. But we don't. You know, we, we can't foresee COVID. We can't foresee these things, and and we have to you know spread our risk. Yeah, and I think what you're talking about are you know the, the ingredients are well known. The the recipe is out there. It's not as if these things are a secret. It's just about uh, opening people's eyes to the fact that it does take a bit of time, it takes a bit of discipline, and often, if it sounds too good to be true, uh, it, it is. I was chatting to a, an old colleague today who was trying to sell me a scheme that is quite clearly a Ponzi around diamond and gold, uh, and, and she wouldn't hear a single word of it. And I, I, tried, to, I tried to convince her, Janine, I said, please listen to yourself talk here but she couldn't uh, yep. and it's amazing how often we fall into these traps uh, the recipe yep. is known uh, we we need that financial plan and we need to sit down uh, with experts who have done this many many times in the past to build financial wealth to build that legacy and to ensure that more people are retiring uh, and uh, retiring into the lifestyle that they uh, would ideally want to. Pierre Muller, advisory partner at Citadel, with uh, his advice to use this uh, this pain period, this crisis, as an opportunity to reset uh, your financial future.